ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very first edition of DIY Money. Boom. DIY Money. DIY Money. Daniel, you still don't really even know what's going on, do you? Nope, you just said to be here. Let me tell you what's happened here, everybody. And uh, if you are listening to the very first podcast of this uh, podcast... You, you basically know us in some form or fashion. It's kind of the grassroots family and friends. So there's always a segment of our audience that no matter what, you are the do-it-yourselfer. You are the person who you are going to gather the information and you are going to go out and do it on your own. And you know what? More power to you. That's perfectly fine. In fact... We are very passionate and have always been passionate about personal finance, budgeting, getting out of debt, saving for your future. Now, we do it as a profession and have for many years, but we are passionate about educating folks on how to get started, on how to do it themselves, but we've struggled finding the right venue. I would say that is a a, a correct uh, assumption is that right daniel yeah Yeah, correct summary correct summary good summary good summary but now we have this podcast and blog oh by the way the blog is launched diymoney.org diymoney.org and you can check out updated content about relevant topics regarding your money budgeting saving investing for the future this show is going to be very laid back We're going to be taking questions, which you can send in via email. You can uh, shoot us with a a message uh, through the website. You can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. All the venues out there, you can ask a question, and we will plug it into this show. And it may even become the contents for a post that we dive into. In fact, this week's questions are just that. The first one comes from Brittany. Now, I've known Brittany for a long time, and Brittany is a single working mother and a decent paying job. She has worked very hard going to uh, a lot of schooling to have this job. And here's how the conversation started. The bottom line is, Quint, I do need to start a budget. Who doesn't know that they, or doesn't, hasn't realized they need to start a budget? She said, I need to start a budget but I honestly don't know how. And I think that this is a common theme that I find out there. Everyone says you've got to start with a budget. You want to know where you are going to be in the future. You've got to know where you are today. Daniel, how would you, you are the CFP, how would you answer that question that Brittany asked? So I think when it comes to starting a budget, a lot of times we might overthink it. Uh, and when I say that, what I mean is we start with a blank page. And more than often, that's really not reality. That's not the case in a lot of our lives. So uh, more than likely, most people who are going to sit down and start a budget, they already have some pretty major fixed expenses in their life, in their financial life. And so you're going to have things like rent or mortgages. You're going to have um, <clears throat> things like uh, maybe it's uh, food or cars or payments, things of that nature. What you what it really comes down to is what's left over, which is your variable. Uh, that may be your entertainment, your dining out, even your Netflix, your Hulu subscriptions, your Spotify subscriptions, all those things. 
are really the things that you can tell where to go at that point. Now, if you're one of the lucky people who you're looking to move or buy a house or rent something new and you're, Is that lucky? <laughs> I think so cuz in that case you're in the position where you have the opportunity to decide what that line item in your budget is going to be. So if if you already have a mortgage, short of refinancing, uh, that line item on your budget is already set. You can just write that down. Boom, that's the beginning of your budget. So you got your income on top. You got those fixed expenses like uh, your mortgage, your debt payments, et cetera. And then what's left over after those is what you have to be able to tell it where to go. And that's all you're really doing when you're making a budget. You're telling that money where to go. Okay, I want to interject one thing because... You, I, I gave you a softball and you answered it perfectly, but I believe and this is personally, and this is exactly what I did. I believe there's a step before that. And I think that's where most people get hung up. They sit down with a piece of paper or they flip up the, the Excel spreadsheet or they open a Google doc or whatever it might be. And they start writing these things down. So we're, we're doing this podcast on March 1st, the beginning of the month. A lot of times, obviously, it's payday to a lot of people. Uh, a great time to get started with finances. And I dare say I've never seen a study done. My guess is most people uh, concentrated, of course, around the first of the year. But more, more than uh, any other time during the month, the beginning of the month is probably when people are like, gosh, I got to get a budget. And so they sit down and they start to write these things out. And what happens is after the things that come to the top of mind, as Daniel said, the fixed expenses, you know you got to pay your rent, your mortgage, your car payment, your student loan, whatever it might be. Some things that come out automatically maybe that are immediately deducted. I've got my cell phone. I've got my gym membership. And, oh, there's some you know variable things. And I would say variable are things that are fluctuating price, but maybe let's just say variable things are things that are fluctuating price and or could be cut, right? We'll talk about that another time. But that could be your Netflix, your Hulu subscription. Uh, that could be, I don't know, you, maybe it is your gym membership. Or it could be things like groceries, entertainment, eating out, miscellaneous, emergencies, etc. And when you sit down on one given instance and you try to write out a quote-unquote budget, I am going to tell you, you will start to not only become very frustrated, but you will more than likely stop immediately because what frame of reference do you have to start your budget going forward? Daniel, in our business, we have a budget. You put together a budget going forward every year. You update that budget on a quarterly basis. What do you base that budget off of? Previous years. Boom. Previous years. Here's the problem I think most people run into. In order to start a budget today, you have already had to have been tracking your expenses. So here's the caveat, Brittany. Instead of sitting down and starting a budget today, here's what I want you to do. I want you to immediately start tracking all of your monthly expenses. I know what you're thinking. Got to be an app for that. I don't want you to use one. They're out there. They're annoying. I've tried them all. Here's why. So often technology tries to make things so simple for us. We don't put in the work and therefore we do not value it. And pretty soon it goes by the wayside. This is something that you have to do the work. You have to start becoming intimate with your money. When you spend it, 
You need to feel it. You need to know that that money has been spent. It, you are going to reconcile it, and it is eventually going to go against your budget. So step number one, Brittany, before you ever establish a budget is start writing down. I don't care if it's on a piece of paper. I don't care if it is in your phone. I don't care if it's in a Excel sheet. I don't care if it's on a Google Doc. But every single day, and I encourage you to do this daily, at the end of the day, you sit down, grab the receipts, and yes, you're going to be one of those people at Starbucks that holds up the line and says, excuse me, can I have my receipt? You're going to get those receipts, you're going to save them, and you're going to write them down. And to begin with, you're not really going to be concerned about where those things go in a budget. I just want you to write them down. Because what happens is that will start to give you a complete list of where you start your money. In my experience, most people have no idea where their money goes because they don't track it. And if you don't control your money, I got a newsflash. Your money will control you. So step number one, start writing it down. Once you write it down and you have it all listed, then you can begin to put them into buckets. Here are fixed items. Here are variable items. Here are items that I could really do without. And what will transpire is not only will you start to become intimately knowledgeable of where you spend your money, but I guarantee you, you will immediately start to go, holy crap, I spend way too much money going out to eat. The very first time I did this, I started with the quote-unquote budget idea, and I remember writing something down. I think I was saying, oh, I go out to eat, probably 200 bucks. Okay, move on to this, move on to that. Now, this is pre-marriage, pre-kids. I ate out a lot, all right? I thought $200 was a pretty good number. Then I got to all the other ancillary things, car, gasoline. I have no idea. And no, I'm not going to go back to my bank statement and look at all this nonsense, et cetera. This was before all the online checking accounts, by the way. So I really legitimately had to go back to my bank statements. I got discouraged, frustrated, and I put it away. That's when I came up with the idea of tracking it first. And so the following month, I started to track every single dollar. I think it was day 10 when I surpassed the $200 mark. I kind of cringed, and I said, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. Out of sight, out of mind, I forgot about the $200 mark, but I kept tracking it. And at the end of the month, I realized I had spent close to $600 eating out. I was eating the money. That's where it was going. I was eating it. Immediately, when I realized I was spending that much, my line item on my budget, do you think it became $600? No. I think it started it back to the $200 level. And immediately when I put that in there, I immediately became conscious that once I hit that 200 mark, it's gone. It's gone. So step number one, start tracking all of your expenses. I'll save subsequent steps for later uh, podcast. But the bottom line is most people will never get to the true budget stage because you do not monitor where your money goes. And that's step number one. Anything to add to that? Daniel. Sounds pretty good. Boom. Okay. Second question. Let me pull it up here. Okay. This came from Jessica. Just It's just a coincidence, his two girls. But anyways. Extra money. Jessica has a very good job. Her and her husband both are professionals. They have recently had a new baby. Although it's created an additional expense in their mind, it hasn't been that great of an expense 
Uh, they have uh, been making very high income for a long time, modest debt. This is not your, you know, oh my gosh, we have so much debt, we don't know what to do, et cetera, et cetera. This is your very good income professional family who at the end of the month looks at their balance sheet or sort of looks and, and maybe glances maybe once a month, six months or a year, and they don't have anything extra. And they go, where did it all go? And so Jessica came to me, and, and it's basically what the conversation was all about. She said, we make this. Um, I want to say combined was close to $200,000 a year. Very good income. Uh, we spend this. It was modest. I mean, as far as a $200,000 income. I think gross, uh, you know, if you, let's take home on $200,000 after everything. Let's just say a hundred. I mean, let's 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 really knock it down. 401ks, sure. you know, et cetera. Healthcare, uh, taxes. So let's say take homes a hundred, or roughly nine thousand dollars or thereabouts. Uh, eighty some th- eighty eighty uh, five hundred or so uh, a month, right? Yeah. Um, I think their their monthly expenses were around five. So there was thirty five hundred dollars in gap on a monthly basis. It was gone at the end of the year. What would you say? This isn't a show where I ask you and then I tell you where you're wrong either. <laughs> That's not my objective. I think but. we're starting a good trend here. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I love this show. <laughs> we're retitling it. How Daniel's wrong. <laughs> He just knocked over the camera. Oh, that's terrible. All right. All right, Daniel. I mean, what would you say? Well, I mean, obviously you're going to tell them, you know, it's probably a good idea to get a budget, et cetera, et cetera. But is there any hacks? What would be your, what would be your hack? I mean, so I guess we're say? assuming they're not, they're not tracking where this 3,500 is. No, no, like. no. So it's, absolutely not. It's, it sounds like it's there throughout the month. And then all of a sudden it kind of goes away to whatever sort of opportunity is in front of them or so forth at the particular time. So, um, in this instance, what's really worked well for me in the past is automating something where it puts it out of sight, out of mind. And so uh, we actually have three banks in our household that we utilize. What? We have three banks. And how many other secret jobs do you have that I'm not aware of? <laughs> well, this, this is what it is. Uh, but we have three banks, okay? So our paychecks come into our main bank, which is where we pay uh, rent and some of our really big fixed expenses out of. It goes right out of there. Uh, the wife, she does, uh, most of our grocery shopping. That's not a sexist thing. She's just a stay at home mom. So she happens to have time to go to the store during the day when it's not busy. She has a separate account for that variable expense for groceries and kids clothing and things like that. Uh, so the money goes in there and then she manages that as she goes about uh, shopping and so forth. And then we have a whole nother bank, uh, an online bank with reasonably good interest rates where we dump all of our savings into and so it's all out of sight, out of mind. It's not easy to spend. We have to actually go log in, transfer money from that bank to our other bank uh, to actually get it out, spend it, et cetera. So it kind of puts a hedge of protection around it, protects it, and so forth. And that's where we'll kind of accrue cash that's gaining some level of interest. And then from time to time, sweep that over uh, into investment accounts, whether that be Roth IRAs, IRAs, or taxable accounts. All right. Here's, in summary, exactly what you said. And boom. agree. Pay yourself first. Most people, when they think about saving and investing extra dollars, now let's put it into context, okay? Because again, I think a lot of personal finance shows, and rightfully so, the state of our personal finance situation in America is horrible, and we will be spending a lot of time addressing just that. 
But there is a group of folks who have started generating good income. They're very busy professionals, and they are putting away money in a retirement plan. And so a lot of times they say, you know, we've got this extra money, or we think we have this extra money, but it's not here on a on a monthly basis, you know, but we, we you know, have this, we need to figure out what where it's going and then ultimately what to do with it. And it's kind of a two-part question. But here's what I shared with them. Number one, you pay yourself first. It needs to become, as Daniel said, a line item or an expense per se right off the top. And in my opinion, it needs to hurt. What I mean by that is, we calculated basically back of the envelope math. There should be around thirty to thirty-five thousand dollars per year in extra income with this couple. All right, now that's a lot. Maybe that's a little higher than most people, but that's a lot. Here's the deal: Let's take off about I don't know eight to ten for your annual vacation. You know, I guess, well, what do you guys go? Oh, we go to the beach once a year. Boom, there's five grand. Okay, how about emergencies? Because again, they're not racking up extra debt. So the car goes bad, there needs to be a new HVAC, some new window, whatever it may be. They're using cash. They're actually pulling that from their money. They're not worried about it. So it's not racking up ancillary credit card debt. Boom, there's another five grand. So let's say 10 grand is going to be somewhat allocated. Now, the easy answer here, is to go back to Brittany's question. And I would say, well, why aren't you tracking all your money? Why aren't you having a budget? You know what they'd look at me and say? Quint, here's the deal. Each of us work about 70 hours a week. We just have this newborn. When we come home, it's bottle of wine, Netflix, and bed. We are not going to be doing our receipts, tracking our expenses, setting up a budget, yada, yada. Not going to do it. They're not going to do it. Some people just aren't going to do it. Not going to do it. I would hope everybody would do it, regardless of the financial situation, but they're not. Not going to do it. Now, if they were in debt, guess what? They'd have no choice. They'd have to do it. You'd have to make the time. But some people just aren't going to do it. Not going to do it. So it's real simple. Here's what I said to them. Number one, you're going to take two thousand dollars a month that's one thousand after the first paycheck thousand after the second paycheck it is immediately going to go in your investment account now here's what obviously uh they were going to become clients of ours at jewel financial but here's what i would say to the masses go open up your vanguard account go on to vanguard.com open up an account this is a non-retirement account this is a standard investment account connect it with your bank account and set up auto draft immediately after you get paid and don't give yourself more than a day or two if you give yourself too much time when something happens you'll be likely to get on the phone or hit them up on email and say you know what let's cancel it this month don't get give yourself enough time to cancel that give yourself a, a, an expense right off the top so boom $1,000 goes into that account, set it up to go into the S&P 500 or a target date fund and go into the weeds on that in another show, but automatically put that in there every time and do not even think about it. Don't think about it. Don't look at it. Look at it at the end of the year and you will be shocked at how quickly you are able to save extra money and still live within your normal budget. In the case of these folks, we've been going now almost six months to a year. I don't think they've missed it, that's for sure. And at the end of that time period, they're going to have a big chunk left over, and they're going to definitely have been saving for their future. All right, friends, what a great show. This is what we're going to do. DIY money, 
It's going to evolve over time. It's going to take on a life of its own. Send us your questions. You can hit us up on email. You can hit us up on our site, DIYmoney.org. You can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, all over the place. Give us those questions so we can hit those on the podcast. We will be back with you next week, same time, same place. Have a good one.